Welcome to the Effervescence Podcast. I am your host, Adia Jane Watts, founder and CEO of the Effervescence Podcast and Effervescence Magazine, your number one source for self-help and motivational tips to be your best self and empowering you to live the life of your dreams. As a current local USA state title holder, six-time beauty pageant winner, published author, and professional model, it's my passion and dream to help you on the path to facing your fears, speaking your truth, expressing yourself, creating your universe, and loving yourself. After a brief hiatus, we are back with our next amazing guest and our cover star, Nikki Gal. Nikki is an amazing portrait artist, podcast host, visionary, and a beautiful soul all wrapped into one. In today's episode, we talk about the importance of respecting yourself and your boundaries, the keys to manifestation, spirit animals, and how to remain true to yourself. Grab some popcorn and get ready to hear the secrets on expressing yourself. Let's get started on this effervescent journey together with Nikki. So how are you feeling today? I'm feeling really good. How are you? I'm doing good. Oh my goodness. It's so great to like hear your voice. I mean, we're close friends in real life. So <laughs> like, I mean, we talk a lot. It's it's so great to finally have the roles reversed in a way because the last time or the first time we talked, you were the podcast host and I was yeah. the interviewer. And so that was almost, it feels like a year ago, but it was like, 10 months ago, 12 yeah. months, 11 months ago. It was a while. It was a while so, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about, you know, what makes Nikki, Nikki? How did we get from point A to point B of you being an amazing podcast host, one of the best artists I know personally, mm-hmm. and just overall the most amazing, beautiful soul you are today? Oh my gosh, my heart right now. Stop. You're like making me blush right now. Um, Well, before we start, I I just want to thank you for, I mean, really launching the Effervescence platform and the the women. There's women like you who inspire me to live my authentic life every day. So I have to thank you so much, not only as a friend, but as a woman. And it's an honor to have you in my life and and call you one of my, my dear friends. I mean, for me, I keep my circle very small. So to have you in that circle, it's just like everything to me. So thank you. I'm literally going to cry. Oh. <laughs> like, like it's that time of the month right now. So I'm really going to cry. But of course, I, I made the platform specifically so that, you know, women who struggle with what you and I have both like discussed that we struggle with privately yeah. um, so that we have the space to, to, you know, be powerful and strong and stand in, you know, what makes us human, because that is where beauty truly is held. Mm-hmm. And so I even in a way, I want to thank you because I see you be so open and vulnerable on social media and I want to be more open and vulnerable 
people like you. So of course, later on in the podcast, we'll talk about that, that openness and that vulnerability. But yeah, I just want to thank you too, just for even being the amazing person that you are, because in my life, like, like exactly how you said, I don't have many close friends, but I consider you to be one of my close friends. Like it's like you and two other people, you know, it's a very small circle. Yeah. You have to keep it that way, man. Cause then if you don't, that's where things go weird and people get hurt. And, yeah. Exactly. I learned that lesson a year ago. <laughs> I learned that lesson a long time ago. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So to dig into myself, um, my name is Nikki Cal. I am a 23 year old artist. Uh, I was a former model. Um, but really my whole life consists of art and really just being creative and really just sharing my own creative light with others. And I guess I'm just, just embracing that, you know, it was mm-hmm. my whole dream. I mean, when I was a little kid, um, you know, my whole dream was to become an artist and to become a model. And I successfully achieved those goals under the age of 21. And that was huge for me. But, you know, just because you achieve goals doesn't necessarily mean that it's the end. You know, you're done growing. That's it. Done, done, done. No. I mean, you have to keep growing no matter what. And for me, I'm only 23, but I mean, I've been growing this whole time. And it's just amazing just meeting people and just really just getting involved with different communities and and just different uh, people and, and different inspirations that I never really thought were out there. And the art world really it more or less directed me and and showed me that side that I never really thought I, I could really embrace and, and own and have and make. So yeah, it's been incredible. It's been a very, very incredible journey and, and I'm very grateful for really all of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, yeah, of course. And then I think you brought up a really good point that um, last month I was trying to, I was trying to grapple with myself. And it was when you said, you know, at 21, you reached all of your like modeling goals. Right. And you were worried about like what the next steps would be. And you knew, you realized that that wasn't the end. Right. For me, I'm still, and like, I'm I'm a year younger. So it's kind of like, I'm still in that mindset of like, I haven't reached my goals yet. Right. What is it like on the other side of that? And so to see you still flourish and, and make the best of everything that you've done I think it gives me more inspiration to keep going even after I make those goals because I was I'm not gonna lie I was really worried for a moment um after Chesley Chris passing you know you see this woman who who made all of her goals and I was Mm -hmm. worried like wow she hit all the goals that I wanted to hit and it still didn't make her happy so to see absolutely yeah I mean my art has always been there for me and even when I modeled you know it was funny because I kind of put all of my, uh, really my life on the back burner, (laughs) all my other dreams and goals that I thought were, you know, once there were, you know, kind of gone when I started modeling and I I limited myself to the max. I limited myself completely when I modeled. And I feel like that industry in general tends to do that. We tend to just kind of get very much uh, sucked into it, kind of like a vortex. It has that vortex effect. And you know, you get very kind of just so much invested and almost consumed mentally and physically into that industry. And and I, I can say, it, you know, <laughs> it did. It consumed me. And again, I didn't really see much of a life outside of modeling for myself um, when I was in that industry. And it took me a minute to really, uh, you know, realize what I wanted to do. And I left, when I left modeling, um, I believe, ooh, I think I was about 18, 19 years old. So roughly about five years ago when I quit, I didn't, I was nervous. It was either, you know, I stay in a situation 
where everything's kind of controlled and I'm very uninspired and I'm not growing or I take that risk and I quit and I go into the unknown. You know, that was kind of scary. <laughs> um, but I knew that, like what I had to do was, I guess, kind of just go into the unknown. And, and that's what I did. And I just went into it head first. And I didn't really think of it. I, I just kind of I, I winged it. I guess. Well, get winged it. <laughs> One of the two. Um, but yeah, that's essentially what I did. And yeah, it's it's been incredible. Um, it, it's funny too, because when you take that leap of, you know, reaching a, a goal, you know, modeling in my, in my case, and, you know, you invest your whole life for many, many years and, you know, you work so, so hard to reach that goal and reach that dream and achieve that dream. And then, you know, you finally reach it, but yet, you're you're unhappy that's where I was like oh wait a minute this isn't really what I wanted and so I really had to seek that and I I found that through my art exactly and you know it's so great to hear that you're so self-aware I think a lot of people live life or at least I've heard that a lot of people just live life not knowing what their next step is but right. knowing that they're unhappy and so not and not knowing how to make that step take that step to make them happy right. so I'm I'm glad to have a friend like you that not like reminds not just me but everyone that I think at the core of what makes you happy is finding like those things that bring you joy and so for you that was drawing and doing yeah. um, portraits so tell me about that oh my gosh that was as you as you know my, my company was actually an accident which yes. <laughs> yeah as you know <laughs> we I told you this before yeah it's it's kind of funny because my my company was uh, really an accident essentially um I never once thought in a million years that I would ever own my own art company or that I would ever have the the opportunities that I have today I would have never in a million years thought that um I remember in high school I, I took an art class I remember the teacher saying to the class as a whole you know um art is great but you can't make money off it and you can't make an, an easy living off of it. And I remember thinking those, you know, just kind of that in the back of my head. And I was like, oh, like, there's no way I can do this professionally because my teacher said it. So, you know, I can never, it was, I, I limited myself a lot too in that sense, because there was people that, again, just didn't think that it was possible and, and had a huge influence on me. So I, I guess you can say that I, I kind of just went for it too. You know, that was another risk that I took. You know, I, that was very, very big risk. And yeah, so my company was a complete accident. And it's funny because my friend at the time, she uh, was kind of like a mm, social media, um, I don't want to say model, but she was like a kind of, um, you know, she had like a big following on social media. And, you know, she knew that I was kind of messing around with Adobe Illustrator and Procreate. And she's like, you know, can you just have me draw, you know, can, can you just draw me? And I'm like, uh, you know, I, it's not going to be my best work, but if you mm -hmm. really want that, <laughs> okay. And so I just drew her um, just literally this little like, I don't know how long it did. I don't know how long it took, but it wasn't, you know, anything crazy or elaborate. And she ended up posting it. Next, you know, like her DMs were filled, my DMs were filled, and everybody was just wanting to get their hands on one of my designs. And right then and there, that's when I knew I had a product. And uh, See Through Nikki was born. And that's kind of just how it happened. And I, I never thought that it would ever go that way. You know, that was just, yeah. I never knew it would be a hit. I never knew, you know, I, I honestly just went into it so blindly. And I, I, not in a million years did I ever think that I would be owning a company and, you know, doing that. And I, I never once thought that because I, 
you know, you, I never knew that. It was it was very, very surreal for me. It still is surreal for me three years later. <laughs> never, the surrealness never really dies. <laughs> yeah. <But> yeah. <laughs> Can you tell the listeners how many hours a day you spend on See Through Nikki? Because I was shocked when you told me. Oh, you know. <laughs> you know. Um, so I work Monday through Sunday. Yeah, it's it's an entrepreneur life. You know, entrepreneurs don't really get days off because we are working constantly, constantly, constantly because, you know, we are kind of the face of the brand. So, yeah. So I work Monday through Sunday. I wake up around, I want to say maybe 5.30 and I end around 7, 8 p.m., which is wild, but it's, you know, hard work pays off and, you know, it's, it's really just going with the flow. You know, that's what I can say. And it's funny as a lot of people say, oh my gosh, don't you get bored? Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Isn't that, you know, but it's really not because when you do something that you enjoy and when you do something that you love, it's not really work, it's fun. So for me, like art is fun. Creating portraits every day is fun for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's not really work. It's just really fun. And it's it's really yeah that's all really I can say it's it's fun I mean obviously there's days where I'm like oh I want to go to bed I'm tired uh but you know you can't <laughs> you know you have to just kind of see the whole the whole picture and you know you have to just say to yourself you know today's a hard day but not every day is going to be a hard day you know exactly yeah and I'm just I'm glad I'm going to say it for you because I know you wouldn't ever say it, but I'm glad that you put so much time and effort into See Through Nikki because I feel like people need to understand that it actually is a business. Yeah. Like from all the crazy stories you've told me, Mm, you know, all of them, too. Yeah. (laughs) It's like people. And I mean, this goes for us and any other entrepreneur people tend to take advantage of someone and that's not that's not good that's not right and so I just wanted you to get that out there to be like no this is like you're working more than a nine to five like you said and not being an entrepreneur is 24 7 it never ends like I don't know if this happens to you but I like dream about my work like I dream about like the photography clients or like effervescence and I'm just like oh my god I gotta get that done I wake up at like six in the morning and I'm like already on the ground running so yeah I just I for any listener out there who (laughs) has an entrepreneurial spirit or um, who works with a lot of small businesses, it's a lot of work. But don't let that discourage you from, you know, becoming an entrepreneur or being a small business owner. And don't let that discourage you from purchasing from a small business owner. Just know that, you know, we're we're all human too. So you got to treat us well with respect and dignity and kindness, you know, to transform respect and dignity and kindness um, into another question. If you could give our readers or our listeners any sort of piece of advice as far as being respectful of themselves and their time and their boundaries, what would you say to them? Don't be afraid to say no. Don't don't be afraid to stick up for yourself. Don't be afraid. I, I think I think a lot of times, especially in business, and I'm I'm really happy you brought up those points earlier. I mean, in business, you know, you for example, take it from me. I mean, I opened up my company, I think, back in 2019, and I'm a much different person than when I was when I first opened up my company. I had no business sense. I didn't know anything about it. I went into it so blindly and it's, it's one of those industries where, you know, any industry really, I mean, you know, people can definitely take advantage of you and, and try to try to, yeah, definitely mess with your energy. And even in real life, you know, uh, there's very toxic people out there. You know, I, I know a few, I knew a few, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's a lot of bad people out there, but 
honestly just sticking to your guns. I, I think that's kind of a, a, a brash way of putting it. But I, I think when you're truly being real with yourself and you're being real with others, but in a respectful manner, I think you can get really far. And, and I think you can really, you know, just become a stronger more confident person that way. For example, when I first started my company, I was like, what the heck am I doing? Like, what am I going to, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I remember when I first started my company, there were people just like, as you said, like looking for this or looking for that or looking for, let's just say, for example, like a free commission. And that that right there is someone that is not taking your profession seriously and isn't taking you seriously. And you know, when I first started my company, I kind of had to differentiate those people. And I had to say, wow, you know, there's people that, again, really respect me and there's people that don't. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just have to take it like a grain of salt and just, you know, respect yourself and value yourself. And, you know, again, don't be afraid to say, you know, if you want a portrait or something or you want or for your for your um, photography as well, you know, in, in any situation, you know, if you want a product or a service, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta pay, you know? um, it's people's time. It's, it's people's energy. It's, it's people's talents. It's, you know, it's everything, you know? So yeah, just, just, you know, mutual respect. Exactly. And I think, I don't think what you said earlier was brash at all. I think that it was right on the nose because not only do you need to be able to say no and stick up for yourself, but you can also say no to stick up for others or stick up for the way you feel about certain things. The the power of no is very strong. And even with me, I often forget how strong that word is. For women, especially specifically women, I've grown up in a sense where we always have to be yes people. Like it's very hard to say no sometimes. And so you have we have to slowly I think we are slowly learning how to get out of that. But it's just these constant reminders like this conversation where, you know, we all are reminding reminded that, you know, we have the power to to control lives and control who we say yes to. We don't have to say yes to every single thing or every single person because not every single opportunity that comes your way is really meant for you. Um, And if you say yes to everything and stretch yourself too thin, then that's a completely other problem that could lead to overexhaustion. And you're not respecting yourself. Exactly. Now that we've brought women into the conversation, happy internet month. (laughs) Yeah. So I wanted to highlight the fact that you've worked with um, or your portfolio showcases mostly female clients and within your podcast, uh, Raw Talk with Nikki, that you have interviewed mostly females. Um, So talk about that. Was that an actual decision that you made to have it be all female based or was that just happenstance? I mean, I I used to be a little mix of both, you know, Um, I Honestly, I mean, I'm so inspired by women, you know, Um, I have been around women for as long as you can, Uh, as long as I, I mean, what am I saying? (laughs) As long as you can. Uh, No, just, just, just in general, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been around women basically my whole life. I mean, especially in the work, you know, I I worked with many uh, different girls. I met a lot of different women, you know, especially when I modeled and, you know, I've always been inspired and I, you know again, there's just been so many influential women that have been in my life. And, you know, it's not only that, but I I think as women, you know, we really have to speak up, right? We have to be vocal and 
my way of being vocal is through my art and also through my podcast. You know, my art, it, it speaks and it, no, it may not be like words or like me vocally talking, but it speaks through, you know, image and creativity and empowerment and, you know, really just uh, color. And, you know, it's, it's very interesting too, because again, when I first launched my company, it was, you know, just like you said, it was predominantly women. And I never really thought that I would ever be in that, you know, a women's industry again. You know, I never thought that I would ever work with women again. Um, so closely, you know, I never thought that, um, just like as I did with modeling, but yeah, you know, it's, it really, I mean, I draw men as well, but yeah, predominantly my company is, is around women and it makes me happy to know that it's also, again, just like, as I said, it's an empowerment thing. It's a confidence booster. You know, of course, when you see a picture of yourself that, you know, looks, you know, you look really good and you feel, you know, when you look good, you feel good. Right. Exactly. And that's essentially what I want to do with my company, you know, because I, I know that I know that feeling, you know, there were days where in my own personal life, I didn't really feel my best and I didn't look my best either, you know, and there's been moments where I've, you know, had a full face of, you know, makeup on, but I haven't felt internally good. You know, I haven't felt, I mean, I looked beautiful, but I didn't, I didn't feel beautiful. And my, what I really want my art to do is both. I want people to feel on the outside beautiful as well as the inside, because it's a two-way street with that. You know, it's definitely a two-way street. You know, you have to, to feel beautiful, to look beautiful, you have to feel beautiful. And it goes, it's, it's an inside out process. And same thing with raw talk. Raw talk was again, something that I did make a decision on. Um, I didn't want to make it predominantly women. Cause I felt like, you know, <laughs> you know, we've been kind of told as women to, you know, uh, shut up in a sense and not speak and, and just kind of go with the flow and not speak our minds and not speak on topics that need obviously to be talked about exactly yeah and it was just you know I, I wanted to kind of challenge that that taboo you know and, and challenge you know that that life I guess of people just being silent because they feel like they can't speak up and you know not speak their true selves and, and not speak for themselves you know because I feel like as women a lot of people speak for us and I'm just done with that you know I'm so done with that I'm so done with the labels and I'm so done with people saying oh well she shouldn't say that because she doesn't blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's this, she's that no more, you know, let's just speak our truth, come together and, you know, let's just, just do it, <laughs> you know, just, just go at it, you know, as women and, 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 you know, build and grow together. And I think sharing stories that are not only vulnerable, but also uh, beautiful and, and raw and candid, I think that's, again, the most powerful thing that we can give ourselves, um, not only as women, but as humans. And also too, just sharing, sharing each other's lights and sharing each other's experiences uh you know we might not connect with each other identically but you know connecting with someone that has a similar story to you makes you not feel so alone and just like as you said you know you are not alone i you know people will go through things in their lives and you know people go through some really really challenging moments and really really bad things um just like you and i have but mm -hmm. knowing to not be afraid to share those experiences in hopes to not only get out of your system, but help it, you know, help that story, um, you know, connect with somebody else that you might not even know, 
you know, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like your platform does that as well. And <laughs> that's why I'm like, woo, like I love this platform so much because you and I, we have the same goals and aspirations as far as that. You know, we have the same exact message that we want to put out there. And again, like I'm just, I'm very, very just, ah, I'm so inspired. And you, I mean, you inspire me with everything you've launched. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And you know, it's so funny. I was just going to mention that I don't know if anyone has else has told you this, but mm-hmm. the last portrait that you made for me has yeah. actually been my wallpaper ever since that day. Oh my God. Yeah. You told me that. <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay. I wasn't sure. And literally I, I look at that portrait and then I'll be like, okay, yeah, I am pretty. So it's, oh, little, you're it's gorgeous. Thank you. But it's literally little things like that, that like you said, that boosts confidence. Absolutely. And yeah. And like you said, if you don't feel beautiful, then you can't like physically embody that um, ex- externally. So yeah. literally just knowing that I just wanted you to know that at least one of your clients has, <laughs> has actually it, felt that way. Uh, you're proof of that. That's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you ever need a, a review on your website, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> you're so kind. <laughs> And then um, to go actually into a little bit deeper into raw talk. Yeah. If you would like to talk about it. No pressure. Do you have a story that you could share that you haven't been able to share about yourself through raw talk? Because I know that on raw talk, you mostly ask the women that you're inviting to share their stories. So I want to give you a moment to do the exact same. Absolutely. I've been candid uh, very much on here and on social media and, uh, you know, for me, yeah, if I've been through some challenging times in my life. I would be lying if I said I had it easy. Like, yeah. So I started modeling roughly around the age of 14, 15. So I was pretty young. <laughs> I was kind of re- like basically a baby. <laughs> I look back and I'm like, oh my God, like I was so young. Um, yeah, I started pretty young. Um, again, it was just something that was just, it just kind of happened. Um, I didn't really have any big hopes with it. I mean, again, it just something, it was just an industry that I just, I guess, naturally gravitated towards and it naturally, naturally gravitated towards me. Um, you know, modeling again was an industry where I was, you know, kind of just blindly, I I put myself in, um, I was bullied a lot in school. I I think, uh, I mean, I've been very candid about that on social media, but you know, I, I was bullied a lot and I think all of us at some point are, um, you know, I was never conventionally attractive in school. You know, when I was in high school, when I was in middle school, again, I was never conventionally attractive. I didn't think I was too bad, <laughs> but you know, I had braces. I had, you know, some acne here and there. I, I didn't wear makeup. I was, you know, wearing like Hollister and like Abercrombie and like, you know, but it was so great. It was lit. Right? Oh my God. Wait, that was like the golden ages, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was like so cool. Um, but I was never, you know, I was never popular. I, I never ran with crowds. I was just kind of just myself. You know, I, I had a few friends, but there were never anybody that I was like best friends with. I mean, great people, but no one that I was like, you know, I didn't have like a best friend. So mm-hmm. I guess you can say in a sense, I was kind of like a loner. But like I was kind of a loner in a group where like I was just kind of just in a group just to be in a group. They weren't really like my good friends. So I went to a bit. I went to a big high school. Um, I think it was like twenty five hundred kids. So there's a lot of people. (laughs) Um, Gosh. Yeah. So it was it was easy to get kind of 
you know, mixed in with everybody. But even though there were so many people, you did feel alone. And I definitely felt very much alone. I always felt like kind of an outsider. So, so yeah, I got bullied a lot in school and I was just kind of, I don't know. I, I don't really know what the word is. I mean, I was an art student. I, I loved art. I would, I, my, my goal, <laughs> my goal, well, I shouldn't say goal, but my whole, uh, you know, happiness happy part at school was art class i remember i would like go from science class to art class and i'd be like oh my god like yes finally art class like i get to just create and do stuff and it was like my favorite part of the day um but yeah so i wasn't you know i was kind of weird so anyway <laughs> i think we were all a little weird in high school though but i totally see where you're coming from Honestly, you just jogged my memory of like freshman and sophomore yeah, year yeah. high school. I forgot oh, yeah. all about that. I was oh, weird yeah. too. So we were, we were weird together. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't conventionally charged at all. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, I got bullied a lot. So yeah, so that that was it, you know. And I actually ended up going to a different high school when I hit sophomore year, I believe. Um which is when I started to do um, online homeschooling or modeling. So that was crazy because I go from being in a school full of a lot of people to literally just doing it on my own and following, you know, a career and doing it very young and just kind of taking the modeling industry by storm and following my dreams. But I think that was very weird to a lot of people. And it's it still amazes me how much people you know, when you when you're in school and you are present in school, how certain people won't won't even look your way, won't even bother with you. You're just kind of like there. And then when you start modeling and you don't even go to that school anymore, it's like you're like everyone's talking about you. <laughs> so that's what happened to me too. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, it, that that kind of has I mean, I feel like in any situation like that it has that effect naturally. And it's like once you start doing something interesting, everybody's like, what what is she doing? What, what, what? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> people just automatically get interested and, and they're curious. And for me, it wasn't just like people were getting interested and curious about me. They were like not the nicest and they were getting kind of I don't want to say aggressive with me, but they weren't they weren't kind to me. And and I dealt with a lot of online bullying from old people from my high school and people that I thought were my friends, people that I knew weren't my friends, and people that I just didn't know at all. I was getting hate mail from like all directions. And it was really hard to cope with that because I think when, you know, like when you go through, you know, this and that, you know, or you go through things in your past, you know, and you're moving on with your life, uh, you know, you're going to want to move on. But when there's so much background noise, it's like, oh, how do I even concentrate? You know, exactly. And people were terrible to me. Yeah, people were really mean. And I don't want to be like, oh, I'm a victim. I'm not a victim. But there's times where I was like, oh, like I wish it didn't happen that way. You know, I wish people would have been kinder. I wish people would have been more accepting. Or if they didn't like me, I wish they would have just said nothing at all. I mean, I this is kind of like a middle, like a little, a little kid. I was going to say middle school, but I think it's even lesser than middle school. Like, like, if you don't, have anything to say don't say it at all you know yeah, if you don't have yeah. anything nice to say don't say that's, it at all and that was like third grade for me that was like yeah literally like that was beyond like <laughs> like that was a long time ago but yeah if you don't have anything kind to say don't say it at all and I, I just wish they were like that with me but they weren't so I had to cope with that a lot yeah it was it was weird and that type of behavior kind of carried on throughout my whole career until I was maybe about 19 so for about five years that was ongoing all the time and I would wake up in the morning and I'd get like a hate mail or I'd get like a friend request from someone just wanting to like check in my life and 
it just got very obsessive and very weird for a while. And I still don't know to this day why that was. I, I, I think it was just genuine curiosity. But I, again, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. what I can say is, yeah, it was, despite all that that happened to me and despite all the hate that I was getting and all that unnecessary negative attention, that negative energy, um, you know, you grow up really quick because of it. And you have to really um, learn to really just focus on yourself. You know, that's one of the main lessons that I've learned in my life is just focus on yourself, whether people are being kind to you or not, whether people are, you know, being, you know, your biggest supporters or they're hating on you. You know, for me, it's like throughout my whole modeling career, I had people that were, you know, throwing roses at me that respected me and, you know, loved me. And then I had people that were like throwing knives at me too. So, you know, it was kind of a mess, but, you know, I got through it and I, of course I'm still healing, you know, like everybody else is, you know, everybody heals, but I'm a lot more stronger now and I'm a lot more better off now. And that's really all that matters, you know, but yeah, it was, it was a weird time, you know, for a while I was like, Oh my gosh, like maybe I, maybe I just rubbed them the wrong way or, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it was like, no, like that's never a reflection of me. It's a reflection of them and, and, you know, their inner demons, you know, they're just projecting them on me. So that's really what it all boils down to, I think. Um, but yeah, you know, and then once I left modeling, it was just like, that was another weird thing that I went through it was kind of that fork in the road. What do I do now? How am I going to, yeah. what, what am I going to do? How am I going to, how am I going to utilize myself? How am I going to, you know, get back out there? And yeah, my art, I always say this sounds kind of corny, but my art, I, I guess, saved me in a way because I would be nothing without my art. I wouldn't, it, it I don't want to say it defines me, but in a way it does. It's, it's in, it's like my vein, it's in my veins and it always has been ever since when I was a kid. I mean, you know, like there's pictures of me literally in diapers, like coloring. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're in the magazine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, that's, it's just always been in me. And I think that's so funny. I think every single one of us has just something that they're just, we're just naturally drawn to. And we're just naturally like gifted with. And I, I feel like that that's like, that's art for me. You know, that's, that's what it is for me. You know, it's, it's a crazy thing, but I do think ever, ever, like since the beginning, I don't know what it is, but I don't know. I think we all have, we all have something that was just naturally gravitate towards us. And I'm lucky enough to have made mine into a career. So yeah, but that's like my little story, but yeah, honestly, I would just say just, you know, people get bullied all the time, especially online. I feel like, you know, internet is so, it's such a easy accessible place you know i mean you yeah. can literally write anything on there and get away with it right i mean like that's much. the way it is <laughs> you know it's unfortunate it's very unfortunate but it's the way it is but you just gotta move on you know just get it out of your life get it out of your system you know if you you know take a run punch a pillow you know get it out of your system you know if you're getting that attention on you or that energy on out on you you know just just move on you know move on Bringing up punching pillows and running, um, is that how you would describe, like, when you're feeling down, how you would make yourself feel better? Like, what, what would you personally do if you found yourself in a situation where it wasn't the best day? And um, what would you do to uplift your spirits? I would say definitely just painting. You know, like, I... I paint <laughs> you know um I was actually painting earlier before we got on this but yeah paint. I, I think painting is such a a therapeutic thing you know it's it's therapeutic it's fun it's creative you are you know uh just really getting to that moment and for me 
that's really what I did. You know, I did it I, not so much back then um, when all that was going on because I kind of like neglected my art for a while because I was modeling. But now I, I definitely do paint a lot. And it's just, it's a huge stress reliever, even just like working out or doing yoga. Like for me, yoga is like my like religion. <laughs> um, like I will wake up so early in the morning and just like do like a little 10 minute session or put on some YouTube meditation videos or whatever, you know, anything that you can just kind of relax your mind with, I think is so beneficial to just de-stress, relax, and really just, you know, recoup yourself and decompress at the end of the day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. See, I think I haven't, so I don't consider myself to be the most bendy person. So I haven't done <laughs> yoga since middle school, but my form of yoga, like the closest thing I have is meditating. And I think they both kind of get you into that same meditative state, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. So I definitely think I'm definitely with you on the yoga. I just need to be more bendy. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get there. It takes time. It takes practice, you know, like day by day. Like you'll definitely get into the groove more. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hope so. I mean, I've, tr- I've been trying to learn how to do the splits, but like that's oh more of like trying to put pressure on myself thing. Oh my God, that's so funny. trying to learn. So um, I think speaking of your artwork, yeah. with, with everything that you've done with your art you've done so many incredible pieces and your artwork has been featured on like things places like gma and so tell me what was the proudest moment for you when it came to your artwork gma just like what you said gma (laughs) gma that was that i'll tell you a little funny backstory on that my mom and i we were sitting in our um our living room and you know we watch gma every morning everyone does you know and you know we're just casually watching tv and we're just you know watching and you know we just see my art and i'm like whoa like what my mom's like isn't that your i'm like yeah she's like oh my god (laughs) It was one of those moments where, like, I just couldn't even believe what was happening. It was, like, again, I felt like I was in, like, a dream. I was, like, wait, what? Like, uh." that piece was I made for um, back in, I think it was 2020, um, June 2nd, for the police brutality of the women um, who who lost their lives. Yeah, that was... um, probably one of the most inspirational pieces I've, I've ever done. Um, one of the, one of, if not the most proudest piece I've ever done, just being able to share my artwork and, and spread awareness and uh, educate those who maybe not have known anything about that. And, you know, it was so beautiful to see that, you know, and especially the families that reached out to me. I, I remember, I, I think it was like a couple of days after June 2nd. And I remember just scrolling on my phone and seeing all these DMs. And I remember it was kind of late at night and I remember there was their family members reached out to me and they said to me, just thank you. Thank you for doing that because I feel like your piece made, you know, her, her name be heard finally. And that to me was just incredible. I remember crying and I remember texting them back and saying, it's my honor. You know, it's honestly my honor. You know, you don't need to thank me. I mean, we're in this together, you know, anything to spread awareness on that and anything to really just, again, educate people and, you know, just spread, spread, spread that, that message. Um, 
was so, so, so beautiful to me. And just, yeah, seeing people be touched by it as well. There were so many people too that were like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so happy you you did this because um, I, you know, I, I didn't think anybody was, and I didn't think anybody would. And just knowing that I was doing that for people, then it was just such a beautiful moment. Yeah. And see, I'm, I have been so proud of you just like watching these moments unfold because oh, even, thank you. of course, even recently um, after Tesley's passing, you, you didn't an artwork of her. It was on multiple Instagram news outlets at your work. And I remember sitting oh. there and being like, oh my goodness, like every time, you know, your artwork gets onto any sort of news source or like yeah. news station, it always just makes me feel proud of you oh as my well, gosh. you know thank you that means so much to me it's funny that everything that i've done that, that goes kind of on mainstream news or whatever uh it, it's isn't this funny like it it, it was it like shocks me <laughs> like, i don't even know how to even find my art it's so funny i don't even know <laughs> um but yeah it's it's so it's so beautiful to see that and it's so funny too because every time when this happens I, I think back to when i was like an art student in high school and i think back to when my art teacher was saying oh you can never make a career out of it don't even try like paintings like do it as a hobby don't do it as a career like whatever and you know it's like well well i'm doing it (laughs) i'm i'm freaking doing it so well i always think that i think what it is is our generation just now has more respect for art yeah uh definitely a lot more than you know prior generations did as and that's why you know our teachers are telling us like oh you'll never make a career out of that right yeah yeah. And then even in like the early 2000s, you always got those like um, those stereotypical like TV show characters where it's like struggling artists right, eating ramen exactly. noodles. And like mm-hmm. it's I, I don't think it's like that at all, you know, um, because I think our generation now appreciates art way and its value way more. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. You know, everyone's like, oh, starving artists. And yeah, that's what my art teacher was kind of like, (laughs) I guess, kind of saying, I guess. And no, I mean, it really is, you know, you you can, I mean, it's, it's hard sometimes, you know, Um, but once you put your mind to something, just do it, you know, don't listen to what anybody else has to say. I've, I've always said that in, in everything that I've done, you know, despite what people are saying, despite other people think you can do it or not, just go for it go for it, do it, see what will come out of it. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But if it is for you, then, you know, it will be for you. And that's, that's what I've done with my art. You know, it's another, another thing too, is, is really to uh, replanting yourself. And I like to think of myself as a, as a flower, <laughs> which sounds kind of weird. We all are though. All we all are. Water and sun. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. You're, I've been saying that like my entire life. I'm like, I'm oh my God, me plant. too. Yeah, like we're all flowers and, you know, we always can replant ourselves. We can dig up our roots and replant ourselves if we're not thriving where we're growing and if we're not growing enough in that place. And, you know, there's been so many instances in my own life where I've had to replant myself and that's okay. Don't ever be afraid to replant yourself and regrow yourself and just do what makes you happy. But, you know, that's the thing with me, you know, it's like, you can't, you can't grow always in one place. You have to learn to be multifaceted and just go with it, you know, go with it. And again, just, just do it. Don't, don't pay attention to what anybody has to say. You know, they don't know you. They're not you. You know, they don't, they don't know anything about you. You know, just do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I'm so happy you brought up the plant thing, honestly. Yeah. I, I never really mentioned that to anybody, but that's, I literally think that like I've said my entire life, all I need is water and sun and I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so to transition from, you know, your proudest artwork, well, is there a proud proudest episode of uh, Raw Talk with Nikki? Because you're 112 episodes in and I mean, I feel like I'm asking like the world to remember what your favorite story that you were told on that podcast. <laughs> but if you had one, what would it be? I would say, I mean, there's been so many women that I've had on that I can just relate to immensely and I can just relate to, to a T. But I would say the women that are on my show that, again, they, they replant themselves and, and they are once in an industry or a job or a place in their life where they're not growing and they recognize that, they realize that, and they replant themselves just like I did. And seeing other women do that, it's so inspirational for me to see. And it makes me feel like, wow, you know, I'm not alone. You know, someone else did that too. You know, someone else went out there and, and risked it all and, and and just did it. And that's just so inspiring to me. And, and you know, also inspiring to others too. You know, I, I hope, you know, it's people hearing that. And obviously it's hard, you know, it's, it's easier said than done, obviously, but yeah, hearing those stories too. And also hearing people recover from eating disorders as well. That makes me extremely proud and happy. And that just makes me feel so good. And and not only eating disorders, but just, just health problems in general and things that they've had to face health-wise and seeing them recover and become a better version of themselves and a happier version of themselves and a healthier version of themselves. Um, I'm just so proud that I can have that on my, you know, have those stories and, and have them share on, on my platform. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I, I'm proud of you for creating that platform, you know, because even from my personal experience being on Raw Talk last year, I was going, I mean, you remember, I was going through a really tough time and being a that's so funny thinking back on it now. Like I've grown so much since then. But like I think during our recording, all I could think about was like the hard time I was going through until, you know, we started talking about my story overall. And then I was just like, wait, wow, I've come yeah. a long way. Like it takes yeah. I think it takes opening up to like on these kinds of platforms to realize exactly how far you come. And so I remember we did the podcast and I was just like, wait, whoa, my life is not that terrible overall it's, I'm just going through a rough patch right now um so even then I want to thank you for that as well because Aww. I remember in that moment being like okay I if I've gotten through all these things that I just talked with Nikki about I can get through this exactly wow and I, yeah and I think that's what raw talk really does do for all the listeners it, it helps you like you said earlier it helps uh, you to realize you're not alone and yeah. whatever struggle you've faced because I know you've had women with like eating disorders yeah. and sexual assaults and and yeah. things like really traumatizing things and ones that could happen to someone and it's refreshing to see that you're covering these stories and giving these women the platform to be able to take back their power exactly. and that's what honestly what 
March and Women's Month as a whole for me has me meant is like women taking back their power. And so 100%, having, yeah. yeah, having raw talk and giving these women, not the women who are speaking on your podcast and the women who are listening to your podcast, that moment to be able to take that power back and, and be themselves and be authentically themselves. I think that that means a lot more than both of us realize. And so I, you on behalf of the, the women on the podcast and women who have listened well thank you and i want to thank you too for your, this this platform right here i mean um it's it's so again inspiring to me and and so many other people to again get these topics out there and not be afraid of judgment and labels and you know what have you just get everything out there and just freaking talk i mean we're 20 we're in 2022 i mean it's it's time you know it's really time and it's time to just get all these things out there that again most people probably wouldn't want to hear or probably wouldn't want to talk about but they're so important because it helps us it helps us grow it helps us learn and it helps us just be unapologetically us Exactly. And, you know, it's really funny for me this week. I've been reading a lot of different um, articles and and books about how these topics that both of us are covering were yeah. extremely taboo back in like even the early 2000s. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's insane to see how far we've come even within the last 22 years. But right. I still feel like we still have so much farther to go and these platforms, both of our platforms are going to help us to get there. So I think we're both on the same, same track, which is really good. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) I know that you believe in the power of crystals. If you could name your favorite one, what would it be and why? Rose quartz. Rose quartz. Oh God. Rose quartz. I have a very funny story about my rose quartz story. Um, about how I really got into it. My father, actually, when I was about maybe seven or eight, brought one home for me. I don't know where he got it. He probably got it like some like mall kiosk or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, he got it to me. He, he gave it to me and I didn't even know what it was at the time. I was just like, oh, what's this rock? And it was a little heart-shaped rose quartz and it was in like a little bag. And at the time I was like, well, what am I gonna do with this? But I thought it was so beautiful. I thought it was pretty, but I didn't know the meaning of it or what it really did. So I kept it in my little treasure box. I had like a little treasure box when I was a little kid and I kept it in there and I never really touched it. And then as I got older, really, I want to say I'm like my late teens. That's when I started realizing that there's so much more to crystals. And I remember seeing articles, I think it was on Vogue or either, it was either on like Vogue or Cosmo or some magazine. I remember just flipping through and Miranda Kerr, I don't know if you know who she is. She's a former Victoria's Secret model. She was she's again she's she's like me like she's obsessed with crystals like I am and she had an obsession with rose quartz and there was this whole article on her with her rose quartz and how it kind of just you know she embodies them and she keeps them close to her and how they help her and I I thought it was kind of BS in the beginning but then I was like wait a minute I have to try this because you know I'm curious I'm very curious and so I found my rose quartz and I 
literally have it in my crystal box. And it's, it's insane how much they can actually bring so much peace to you. And a lot of people say, oh, it's a crystal. What is, what is that going to do? What, what's the point of that? This is stupid, but it's really not. I mean, I've noticed a huge, huge, huge difference in my life ever since I really got into it, which I believe was back in 2014, 2015. So yeah, it's been roughly about like seven, eight years where I've really gotten into them. And yeah, they, just the energies, I think the energies are are what, you know, make it real for me. You know, when I place them on my face or when I place them on my chest or I just put one in my bra or something like that. I mean, it brings so much peace in my life. And it's, it's kind of like this feeling of just knowing that there's good around you and knowing that there's good energies around you, you can never go wrong. And it, you just, it just makes you feel just confident and protected in a way. And yeah, it's, it's magical. And yeah, rose quartz, 100%. I even put them on Rex, my dog, which I don't know if he's a fan of that or not, <laughs> but I have, I do put them near him and he just kind of like sniffs them and he doesn't really know what to do, but I think it's important to get crystals everywhere. You know, I'll just have meditation days where I'll take 10 minutes out the day. I'll just put crystals on like my forehead and I'll just lay down and close my eyes. And I don't know. It just has power to it. There's some type of magic. I don't know what it is, but there is something there. <laughs> no, it really is there. And it's so funny that you said rose quartz because we covered rose quartz last month. Yes, and I know. So, yeah. Speaking of peace, my favorite crystal at the moment is actually black kyanite. Because Ooh. I feel like, yeah, it gets rid of all the negative energies. And so I've been, I've been putting it in my right hand just to be like, okay, go away, negative energy. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> and I especially need that right now. You know, the fact that I'm competing in a pageant, I'm definitely going to be wearing some uh, see no evil eyes for sure. Oh so that God. way I can keep that off of me and do it. And I'll bring the black eye with me too. Oh God, do it. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh but yeah, so with the crystals, now we're going to get into manifesting. Yes. Do you have a number one tip for manifesting for our listeners? Ooh, okay. I'd say journaling. Journaling has helped me so much with my life. Um, again, just like as we said, just like what you said when you went on my podcast, I mean, really documenting yourself and seeing how far you've come from let's just say a really low place or a place where you never really thought you would reach. It's so fascinating and really therapeutic to, you know, really manifest in seeing how far you've come. You know, I have journal entries from when I was like 16 and I look back and I laugh because I'm like, whoa, I really made it pretty far, you know, and, and I, I'm not the same girl as I was, you know, and, but really visually seeing that growth through, let's just say journaling and, and notes and, you know, handwriting and, you know, it can really help you become a, a, a stronger, better, um, individual. And you can really learn a lot about yourself, um, along with that. And two, I'm like really big into like nature and I feel like just being in nature really just grounds you and it keeps you safe and it can really help you just mentally as well as physically just getting fresh air, getting that vitamin D. I live kind of like in like a woodsy, like my parents' house kind of like has like a woodsy area. So like every time I'm there, I like I literally just sit in the woods for like hours <laughs> and like that's like my my life. Like it's just so, so, so beautiful just 
I guess you're just sitting there and just watching everything just kind of unravel, like the trees and the wind in the trees. And just you might see some birds or you might hear some birds or something like that. You know, it sounds really simple, but it's so much deeper than that. You know, it's so much deeper than that. I recently bought myself a luna moth it's not alive unfortunately it's preserved in a box in a shadow box and i bought her off of i think it was etsy (laughs) and i've always wanted one and i think just having certain things that represent certain energies too um you know just like crystals nature can do that as well luna moths represent um you know rebirth regrowth and really just getting involved with your present while also moving on from your past in a really therapeutic sense. And they also represent transformation. So for me, I just thought having a Luna Moth and just, I mean, they're, they're beautiful creatures, but, you know, just having something like that represent something that you're, let's just say, wanting to gravitate towards really makes a huge difference and I look at I'm looking at it right now (laughs) it makes me so happy and it's it's kind of just it's spiritual it might sound kind of crazy that I have like literally a dead butterfly in a shadow box that I like pray to but like it means so much to me like just having you know that beautiful little creature that was once flying and free and ironically luna moths they only last about a week their adult lifespan is about a week which Mm -hmm. i think is very interesting so yeah it's just having that little piece of i guess you can say magic or heaven is just what i kind of live by and what i manifest in as well there's something really like philosophical about the fact that a lunar moth moth why did i say moss oh my god moth (laughs) only it lives for about a week because oh, I feel so weird, like, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like um, I always try to have. I've always tried to live by life by the motto, you, you know, uh, live each day as if it's your last. So it's like, imagine if you only had one week to live, what would you do? So I think that you know, I'm honestly, I'm gonna look into getting one now. Send me that Etsy link because now oh, I'm gonna girl. be like. That way I can have something to like physically remind me like oh, yeah. what if this is your last week like make it your your best week ever. So right. I, I like that. Like that's the thing with me. I'm, I'm really into animals and insects especially insects are just kind of like I don't know there's something about them they're so unique and a lot of people are like oh my god it's a bug. Uh. But no like they're so so beautiful like yeah they have butterflies like I want to get this going to sound silly but I want to get a tarantula next. <laughs> I mean, I eventually want to get a real one, but I want to get like a one like a shadow box too, because tarantulas have a very spiritual meaning as well. Um, tarantulas, I mean, they're kind of a lot of people would be like, oh my God, I'm so scared, but they represent like power and strength in life. And again, things that you would again want to have in your life, like good yeah. energies. So yeah, that's it's it's so um, it's more magical than most people think. <laughs> Well, see, for spiders, now, especially now that I know us on the East Coast, we're about to get these, like, trampoline death spiders, apparently. I don't remember. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. They're like, oh, no. Are they floating spiders? It's like some crazy spider that's basically going to be, like, in the air, like the Australian spiders. Wow. So I'm going to be inside all summer. But, like, (laughs) I love spiders and, like, their anatomy. But, like, if it's within my vicinity, like, I will try to get it in, like, a plastic little cup and then slide a piece of paper under it and then set it outside 
They're misjudged a lot. They're misjudged. I know, but they look they, they look scary. Like yeah. I mean, even when I was a kid, like I was scared of crabs. Like anything with like more than like four oh. legs and like that has weird bendy joints. I'm, I start like freaking out a little bit, but like actually looking at like a spider create a web, I'm like, oh my God, that's beautiful. Oh, I just have yeah. to get past all the legs. That's it. <laughs> oh my God. I eventually want to get a Mexican red knee tarantula and I'm not going to get, I mean, uh, I mean, I hope in the next three years I will, probably not, but we'll see. Um, I'm kind of like busy with... Rexy, my dog, my husky, Willow, my hedgehog, <laughs> and then I have my fish, Torch. So I kind of have a zoo going on, but you know, maybe in the near future I'll, <laughs> I'll get one. But yeah, it's animals really just bring so much uh, joy and amusement to your life. I remember like when I first got Rex, I got Rex back in July. He was, I mean, I lost my. I lost my two um, family dogs I had since childhood last year, uh, literally back to back. And I was devastated. I've had these dogs since I was literally like nine years old. So losing them both back to back within months was so like hard for me. It still is hard for me. But so I, you know, I got Rex just to kind of help me cope. And that that coping process has been, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard losing anybody, even an animal. They they become part of your family. But really, having a, a new living creature that is just excited every day you see them and you walk up to them and you hug them and they want you know they want your attention constantly it's just like wow you know like I, I feel a little better you know I, I feel that I, I feel a little better about that you know it's it's funny too because I feel like everything happens for a reason and my dog Coco passed May 6th May 6th no yeah May 6th of last year and Rexy was literally born on the 9th. He was born three days later. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. So I don't know if, like, I don't know. I feel like definitely. there's no, some I, weird thing going on, right? I, I definitely. No, that's definitely. Nope. Nope. That's your dog. <laughs> right? That's my dog. I, I feel like dogs don't, like, you don't choose your dogs. I feel like the dogs really cho choose you, you know? And that's yeah. That's Rexy. Yeah. And also, too, a few weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, this is another crazy thing that happened. Rex was just chilling with me. And you know how, like, the reflection can kind of cause, like, a rainbow effect if there's like Christmas yeah, I saw or that picture. Yeah. yeah he, there was two rainbows on him on his on his back that were on him and I was like oh, at first I was like oh my god like two rainbows because you know like the rainbow bridge and yeah I was like that's totally them like that's totally a sign you know no, no, that was literally, that was totally them. Yeah, and, totally. <laughs> oh, you go back to your, you said this, you said earlier that you feel like you have a zoo, which is really funny because I don't think that that's a zoo because I want to own a little petting zoo when I go, like, grow up. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I literally, I want to have, like, three cows, like, oh. a couple of sheep, and, like, not to actually, like, I'm not, I don't want to, like, milk the cows. I mean, well, you still have to milk cows, but, like, I don't want to milk them and, like, sell the, anything. Like, I don't want to profit off of these animals. I literally just want to be able to walk up to them and pet them and give Aww. them hugs like that's my goal <laughs> oh my god oh i love farm animals i love pigs i think baby piglets are like so cute <laughs> they're so cute oh my gosh yeah farm animals i want to get a donkey too i love donkeys <laughs> oh my goodness and then i could see piper being like a little barn cat he would love that <laughs> he would love that <laughs> oh my oh goodness oh my god he would <laughs> so yeah i don't also by the way 
being outside in nature is not weird. I don't know who told you that. <laughs> but I like I, that's where I think I think when I'm outside, like grounding myself in nature, especially because I'm a little bit lucky in that, like I live six blocks away from the beach. So like I get a different Ooh. type of nature. Yeah. Um, but it's like when I'm like, especially in the summer, when I'm out there and the sun's setting and it's just me in the water, like I will literally like break down in tears because I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is so beautiful. It's so overwhelming. Yeah. And yeah. And it's just like, why? It's in those moments that you kind of realize, and this is going to sound, re- this is going to sound weird. It's in those moments that you realize that the universe is so large and that like, in a sense, your life is so minuscule. That you feel as though everything you do really doesn't matter. So in that case, why not do and manifest what makes you happy? Enjoy it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's it's being in that overwhelming situation when you realize like that's a whole ocean and across that ocean is Europe and Africa yeah. that yeah. you're just like, okay, yeah, I can do whatever I want. And, you know, this is going to sound weird too, but life is essentially like a video game. Like, I mean, there are still consequences and repercussions. It's not Grand Theft Auto V by any means. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, life is literally a video game and we run the game. So uh, we get to choose what we get to do, what we get to do. Like, I will be getting that animal farm just like you will be getting that tarantula that you want. And because that's <laughs> how it works. So, yeah, Absolutely. I just I thought that that was really cool that you brought all that stuff up oh yeah there's so much more again like people with like oh like there's animal lovers and there's like not animal lovers but i mean like you can learn so much from animals like and like i've had rex now for about a good eight months nine months and um I, I mean, I, I've learned so much from him. And it amazes me, too, that he wasn't even, like, a thing last year around this time. <laughs> like, he wasn't even born yet. And he's just grown so much. And he's just, like, this little firecracker. And I'm, like, literally in love with him. And he's in love with me. And uh, it's just such a, you know, animals can really help you with the healing process. And even just, like I just said, nature. I mean, it's an overwhelming sensation that you just can't really find anywhere else. So nature in that sense just pops up at the most random times i'll be driving home on the highway going like 70 miles an hour and there'll be a deer on the side of the road and that honestly sometimes i think that deer are like my spirit animals and they remind me like hey don't forget you can manifest whatever you want (laughs) the earth is beautiful like it it's awesome the way that animals honestly can make connections with you absolutely without even you know without even petting them like literally without even being like within a foot of them i think it's just what they represent is really strong and powerful absolutely yeah i I feel like butterflies are my spirit animal i i love them and they're just so beautiful and they're they're so uh like magical almost like I don't know sometimes like I'll just think about the butterflies outside and I'll feel like I'm in, like a Barbie movie I'm like oh my god like is this for life <laughs> like oh it's like so beautiful yeah butterflies and moths like I love and same thing with like wolves I have like a wolf um obsession I think wolves are just so strong and so beautiful and they're so like I don't know there's just something about them that just really like strikes me the same with tarantulas i love tarantulas i have like an obsession with tarantulas (laughs) but yeah i just animals yeah can't what what would life be without them like (laughs) exactly exactly like i could i can't imagine life without like my cat piper you know yeah like he's such a 
dapper little gentleman. <laughs> I, the great thing about animals is like they learn your schedule to a T and then they create their own schedule around that. Mm-hmm. Like does Rex do the same thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, he wakes me up at like 5.30 a.m. every morning, but that naturally becomes like my work schedule. So it works <laughs> out. Um, but yeah, and he's like my little art buddy, you know, like he'll lay when I'm painting or when I'm doing something. He'll lay by my feet and he'll keep me company. <laughs> um, he's he's so cute. Like uh, he's he's so like everybody that has met him, like every one of my friends are just like one word angelic. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which he's is like perfect he's so angelic yeah he's just oh, it's, he's gorgeous and he's sweet and he's like it's funny because like every dog that i've had um which are like my family's dogs but He's kind of like a mix of all of them put together, which I think is really weird. Like <laughs> he has different traits from each dog that I've had. Like I find that very weird, but it's very crazy. It's like surreal. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's insane. But that's also really good because I feel like Piper takes on a lot of the traits of um, my first family's like my first family. What? My family's <laughs> first cat. Yeah. <laughs> um you know and and stormy that was the first cat she was super sweet super kind um but she had a thing where like she had a temper with everyone else in the house except for me like she just loved me she'd like go out of her way to come to bed with me it was like okay cool thanks stormy and then we ended up losing yeah we ended up losing her and mm-hmm. then um then I got Piper and Piper I moved I got Piper when I moved to Delaware. So it was just him and I for the first six months of the time that I had him. Oh. And then we came back to New Jersey and now all of a sudden he's not my he pretends like he's not my cat anymore. So oh. that's the only way where he's like the opposite. Like I'm sure right now he's like in my mom's room just like laying on our bed chilling. Oh. Because he, he wants to be my mom's cat so bad. Oh. I'm just like, no, you're my cat. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like he is just as, you know, kind and he's sm- just as smart as Stormy was. So it's it's quite amazing to see, like, like you said earlier, I don't think animals, like, I don't think we choose the animals. I think they choose us. Absolutely. Especially yeah. because, like, I don't think I've ever told the Pi- Piper story on the podcast. No, but I was- tell us. Yeah, I'll just say it really quick. I went to go adopt, actually, when I went to the shelter, I went to go adopt another cat named Velma because I wanted another female cat. And I feel like I have a really close connection to the Scooby-Doo character Velma. Like, I dressed up as her every single year for Halloween. I was Daffy. Yeah, yeah, we we talked about this the other day. Yeah, yeah. And then... um, Literally, uh, I walked into the shelter and I was just like, hey, I'm here for Velma. And they're like, oh, you're here for Velma? Here's Piper. And I was just like, okay. (laughs) And so I stuck my hand in Piper's cage and Piper just like jammed his head into my hand. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take him home. But like, can I I still see Velma? And then Velma, I got up to her cage and she literally hissed at me. And I was like, okay. (gasps) Oh my God. Okay, I'll take Piper. I'll take Piper. Piper it is. (laughs) So I literally think it's just, especially in that case, like I went there specifically for a completely different cat, like didn't even go there for Piper. And then Piper just nuzzled his little head in my hand. And um, then I was just like, okay, yeah, it's you. He's mine. Yeah. So literally he chose me. I did not like I, I chose him obviously, but like, I didn't choose him. Like he, he was just like, no, you're my, you're my owner. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. And 
I couldn't even like Piper wouldn't even like literally let me look. Well, not even just Piper, but like Piper and the the people at the shelter wouldn't even let me look at any other cat. So like I can't for the life of me remember any like what any of the other cats in their cages looked like except for Velma. Oh, I just remember like Piper. So that's like something that's so funny. Oh my god, so adorable. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's Piper's story. I have a question to ask I- you too, by the way. Yes. You don't mind. So, okay. So you've been doing this for, I want to say it's been, this is your third month with, with F, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. You called it F. That's what I call it for sure. I know. (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to throw that in there. So, okay. So like, how has like, like, honestly, from your, cause like, I like you and I were kind of like in the same industry, but like, what has this been like for you? Like, what, like, did you ever think that like you would be doing this? That's so funny because I was actually thinking about this earlier today. I never thought I would be doing this, but that's because I kind of stumbled upon like everything like to get to this point, I stumbled upon everything. The only thing I didn't stumble upon was writing. So like being a writer, I've always I've been writing for 12 years now. I've been writing since I was 10. So and that's just something that was kind of like how drawing and and, uh, being an artist for you is in your blood. I think that writing was in mine because my mom and dad are literally both poets. Yeah, I remember that. You told me that. Yeah. Yeah. And they both have a crap ton of unreleased work. So hopefully in the near future, I'll help to get them to get their work published if, that, if that's what they want. I know my dad wants that. I don't know if my mom wants that. But um, so writing was the only thing I knew I wanted to do for sure. And then, you know, going through like the teenage phase, I realized, okay, wait, I actually like drawing. Okay, I actually am a little bit more creative than I thought I was. And then, you know, I started doing pageants and um, then it kind of became a thing where I was just like, okay, well, I have to find a platform. And um, I, for the longest time, I actually really did not know what my plat my platform, I don't remember what my platform was for like the beginning uh, years I honestly really don't but I blacked out on a lot of things like if it wasn't like super important I blacked out on a lot of it and then but I do remember when I was like 15 I took a photography workshop class and uh, they made us do take pictures of our city with um uh kodak film cameras okay yeah and so you only had like 25 frames maximum and then they were going to show these uh these pictures in an art gallery so uh that's kind of where photography started for me and then i always just kept that like behind like in, in some deep crevice in the back of my head and then somehow some way 2020 my mom and sister gifted me a camera and so literally from that moment on i was just like okay i'm going to start taking pictures now oh, so i started yeah. taking pictures of like all my friends and then i someone actually wanted to pay me and so then i i mean honestly i consider you to be a professional once you started actually getting paid for because you have to act like a professional at that point no matter like the skill level or anything right like yeah so uh after that, I slowly started getting into, um, well, at this point, 2020, I've already um, tried to commit suicide and things like that. So mm-hmm. I had already had like the idea of, you know, wanting to bring awareness to that. And then uh, the next year, 20, last year, I wanted to have, I, that's when effervescence kind of really started taking place because I wanted to bring women together um, in like a grouply, grouply, oh my God, a group weekly Zoom meeting um, and <laughs> kind of like a group therapy in a sense. And, but then I realized it was going to be really hard to get all these women together and like talking about, you know, things that they 
were that were really bothering them with a group of strangers over Zoom. I just felt like it would be really hard to get that started. And then as well, um, they would have to have been really close to me because I also, just like how your artwork um, stands to empower women, I also wanted to give yes. them free photo shoots too. Uh, so it would have been really difficult to get to get as many women as I wanted a part of these groups. Um, so effervescence kind of, and then, you know, I started going through another breakup. So effervescence kind of fell to the wayside um, until about September of last year when I like stumbled upon social media work. And then I kind of got back, I got into Canva a lot and graphic design. And then um, uh, a lot of, I got back into like, you know, my Adobe work and things like that and using all the Adobe um, Illustrator and things like that. And I was just like, wait, I could just make my life a little bit easier and combine all three of these things. I could yeah. combine writing, photography, and graphic design. There you go. On digital magazine. So that's literally how it happened. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's <laughs> and so then cool. I always thank you. And I always wanted to have my own radio show. I don't I don't know why. I just I always was just like, yeah, having a radio show seems like something I would be doing. And so podcasting became a huge thing. And then um, like we talked about the other day, I was just super concerned about like, I was like, is it going to be an oversaturated market? Everyone and their mom, it feels like has a podcast. Um, but then I was just like, like you said earlier, I just was like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. So I launched the magazine and the podcast at the same time. If I could go back and change anything, I would have done one or the other. I'm not going to yeah. lie. But doing it both at the same time, I actually, I'm I'm still having fun. It's not like, especially like when I'm recording, <laughs> it just comes down to the editing part of like a podcast where I'm just like, okay, now I got to take this three hour podcast and make it into like maximum an hour. So like, that's the part where it's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. But, and then that whole process takes two days. So it's like, oh, okay, gosh, uh, maybe I should start making my podcast shorter. What makes you feel the most effervescent? Oh, I would I would say uh, I said this in the magazine, but <laughs> I said color, <laughs> color because I mean I feel like what is life without color? I, I mean color. I mean life is color. <laughs> you know, I, I mean color has it. it is really it can be a mood it can represent moods it can re represent emotions um it's really you know what we are and and who what makes us you know so i would say color makes me feel effervescent and i think too with your platform i noticed um you know purple is like the most like i don't want to say like i guess you would say prominent color on oh, your yeah. feed and it's like like again like that's the i remember like i asked you remember when i, I asked you i said yeah. why, why did you choose purple and i wanted to know and i just because that apparent like it shows that that color means something to you and that was the first thing i saw i'm a very like visionary person so of course like i'm the first thing i see is like yeah. color like <laughs> i'm like an artist so that's like the first thing i gravitate yeah. to but yeah and that, that just I, I feel like every color kind of just means something to every one of us you know for you it's with this platform it's purple for me depends on the day I, I usually today for example i would say probably green because we're in march and you know everything's kind of gonna start blooming and my I, i've always been very connected to the color green because it's my birthstone color it's my eye color um it, i you know i'm just so like 
just naturally like obsessed with that color. But yeah, I would say color. It's it's in each and every one of us and everything. Every color means something different to everybody, you know? Exactly. And you want to hear a funny story? I feel like I probably really should not say this because it goes so against the brand. (laughs) For the longest time, if you asked me what my least favorite color was, I would tell you orange, green and purple. Purple. Purple oh was That's not so one of my favorite colors. I, but then at the same time, if you asked me what my favorite color was, I would say the rainbow. The rainbow. So obviously, aren't those three colors in the rainbow? They are. In the rainbow? Yeah. So. That's so funny. But yeah, I, I would always answer that question. I guess from a standpoint of my least favorite colors to physically wear. Yeah. But I still hate the color orange, though. Like. Oh, like, don't make fun of orange. I'm sorry. Me and orange have beef. I don't know what it is. What did orange ever do to you? I don't mean uh Donald Trump. <laughs> okay, I got you there. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I kid, I kid. But um, I'm dying. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just and then I love the color green in nature, but like outside of nature, like what is the color green? I like you know what it is? I, I think this is another thing too. Orange or green and purple remind me of the hulk and i just have some secret beef with the hulk that i don't understand <laughs> oh my god i can't now the same way like there's certain colors that like i don't like to wear like i usually wear like neutral colors like blacks and whites and creams and tans like that's like my main like <laughs> wardrobe but yeah i'm like the same as you like yeah but as far as just like in general colors yeah i would say like either green or maybe like a teal, you know, something kind of earthy toned and represents mm-hmm. nature. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but now it's like, I'm going, I'm working towards having a bit of my wardrobe be more purple. So now I'm just like, wait, I'm going against everything I've been saying for like years. What? <laughs> oh my God. Oh. <laughs> so I think it, the part, it just, it grew on me. It grew on me for sure. It grew on you. Yeah. yeah. It had to, it had to grow on me. But, um, and I couldn't, the other thing is too, I couldn't imagine choosing another color for effervescence at all. Oh, like no, take out, either. you know, the backstory behind the color. I wouldn't have chose, I don't think I could have chosen another color. I love it. I think it suits your brand so well. I, I think you. You know, purple is such a, it's it's like a healing, you know, it's like a healing color, you know, and it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful color. I think it works beautifully. I, I don't, honestly, I don't think you could have picked a better color for effervescence. Honestly, I think you picked no, the right I, one. <laughs> I, I agree with you so much. Um, so to wrap up, what does the future look like for Nikki? Oh, um okay i would just i would mm, that's hard (laughs) i would definitely say hmm continuing my art and you know seeing where that takes me and keep on going on this journey and i don't know maybe doing something more you know obviously with my podcast and really just watching those grow um you know continuing to live out my best spiritual self and my best mental health and really just, uh, you know, gravitating to what comes to me. You know, I, I feel like the universe works in very interesting ways and it's, it's weird because I am sure you feel the same ways I feel, but sometimes you just kind of have to let things come to you instead of chasing them. And if it's meant to be, it will be, if it's not meant to be, then that's okay. You know, all the opportunities that I've had in my life where I've either gotten or I didn't get, 
I'm fine with either, you know, I'm fine with not getting it and I'm fine with getting it, you know, just creating that mutual ground and, and creating that, uh, that, you know, that neutral place where you can be okay with getting things and okay with not getting things. If it's meant to happen, it will. And if it doesn't, that's okay. You know? So yeah, just keep on going with my, with my work and just, I don't know, just living my best life and, and getting, I don't know, just, just getting really, really just more in tune with, with, uh, with the world really. I mean, why not? <laughs> exactly. The world's a scary place, but there are good parts to it. We we got this. And, um, <laughs> we got this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I really appreciate you and your story and everything that you stand for. And thank you for being our March cover star. Thank that you. means the world to me. You look amazing on the cover. Aww. I'm so proud of you thank you thank you for this opportunity this has been amazing i know the first day back in january when you launched this project i was immediately drawn i was immediately fascinated and i was like oh my god this is so cool like this is amazing <laughs> and i remember just looking at it and i was like oh like there's no way like i i, I was like kind of like fangirling around, but i'm like oh, there's no way i'm gonna be like there's no way she's gonna ask me to be part of this like she has better people to get in contact with she has better people in her contacts and then literally you said to me you're like no i think it was back in january you said to me you said you know what no you're gonna be march and i'm like oh. <laughs> yeah no i remember i you are one of the best people with my contacts what do you, mean? <laughs> you are too girl you are too <laughs> thank you but yeah of course i was gonna i think i remember even saying to myself i was like who's gonna be march nikki and that was it like that, that was literally it <laughs> That's so sweet. I was. This is my honor. I've always wanted to be part of something like this, and the fact that it's run by you and it's it's basically a reflection of you, it just uh, just makes my heart smile. So thank you. Of course, thank you for being on today. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you, girl. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Effervescence, the podcast with your host, Adia Jane Watts and guest Nikki Gao. I hope you were able to take away some key points about the power of saying no, the importance of being able to speak about mental health and how art and creativity is the key to embracing everything that makes you, you. Effervescence, the podcast will be airing once a week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you can get your podcast fix. Make sure you check out the coinciding Effervescence magazine on issue.com make sure you follow us on instagram at effervescence projects for updates on new releases and updates about the next issue of effervescence magazine screenshot you listening to the podcast and post it to your story to be featured in the next magazine if you would like to be featured in the podcast or magazine, send an email to project at gmail.com. Finally, I would like to end every episode with a motivational quote. And our quote for the day is, if you will believe and stay in faith and expect good things, you too can defy the odds. My name is Adia Jane Watts, wishing you love and peace until next time.